Guys, if one weekly Sly Guy podcast is not enough, if you're like, no, it's not enough for me, I need more daddy, contact your doctor and ask to be referred to a psychiatrist. But as well as that, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Sly Guy podcast where you get an extra bonus audio podcast, the extra Sly Guy podcast every single week. As well as that, you get the bonus guest episode every single Friday. And on top of that, you get bespoke, unique, as the French would say, special one-off podcast series as well. You've got the Champions League of Weird, which the final has been released this week. So if you have nothing better to do with your life, you can watch all the very high-end edited videos, which was so much work put in by me and Ben, but no one's watched it. It's hurtful, whatever. You can watch it there. You can check out the Serial Killing a podcast as well. And this week... Or potentially next week, but I think this week for the higher tier patrons, my pillow talk show from the Ulster Hall will be going on Patreon. So if you want all that juicy content for as little as £2 a month, which is like 50p a week, and I'm not even good at maths, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash podcast and help us buy a camera because our camera's been taken off us and it's my livelihood. Cheers. Big news, guys. We've said it before last week when we announced it, but we're doing a live Sly Guy podcast in the Strand Arts Centre on Friday the 11th of March, I think. Is that right, Ben? Yes, it is. Friday the 11th of March. Tickets are... They're like hen's teeth at the minute, and that means there's not too many of them, although you do get some hens that are freaks and do have teeth. Gross. But there's not very many left. We're looking at a sellout and it's like a month away. So if you want to come to the live Sly Guy podcast on the 11th of March, which is a bring your own event. So you bring your own booze and drink and have a wild old time with me and my guests, the Goblin King, Kieran Bartlett, and the master of rimming, the Butlord Aaron Butler, will be there as my guests on the 11th of March at the Strand Arts Centre. You can get tickets by just Googling Strand Art Centre, Dave Elliott. I don't know where the link is. It's probably actually in this video. The link is in the description of this video and in the audio, wherever you listen to it. So get over there, get your tickets, don't miss out. It's going to be a real hootenanny of a night on the 11th of March, the live Sly Guy podcast. And if you want a little bit of excitement down the line, you want something to get your titties in a twist, rip the titties off, feast on the titties. Come see me live in the Ulster Hall on the 10th of September. That was an energy I didn't mean to bring there. I just got too excited. The 10th of September this year, 2022. I don't know about you, but I fucking love 2022. At the Ulster Hall, Dave Elliott's new show, Bits and Pieces. Or if you've ripped them off and eaten them already, Tits and Pieces. You can come there, get your tickets. www.fuckingulsterhall.com Dave Elliott, you'll find it wherever. Again, the link's in this video. Follow me on social media, at Dave Elliott Comedy, or at the Dave Elliott on Twitter. Get the links there. Come and see Bits and Pieces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, brother. Oh, yeah. Saturday, 10th of September, 2022. Ulster Hall. Second time I've done it. Did it last year. Best night of the year. People loved it. I love it. You loved it. Come. The Sly Guy Podcast is brought to you in association with Modest Beer, who may cancel their association after that last Ulster Hall promotion, but for the meantime, they're bringing you the podcast in association with them. And if you want to know more about Modest Beer, what is like, and I would say this, you know, because they sponsor the podcast, but I want to know, you know, I want you to know that this is genuine. 
I like Modest Beer. I wouldn't have them as a sponsor in the podcast if I didn't, but I like the taste. You should like the taste. And if you want to know more about the taste, if you just want to know what it taste like, go to www.modestbeer.co.uk and just type in the research bar, the taste. You'll find out what the taste is. I want to know what the taste is. People need to know what the taste is. And I think you need to go to modestbeer.co.uk to discover the taste. And if you don't want to discover the taste on their website, you can go to their social media, which, believe it or not, you can discover the taste at Modest Beer on Instagram, the taste at Modest Beer on Twitter. Mm, or if that the quest to find the taste is just too overwhelming, go to Facebook and you can search in the wee search bar, Modest Beer. Discover the taste, Modest Beer. Enjoy the show, because I'm on edibles or something today. Whoa! I'm the slag guy. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Sly Guy Podcast. I'm bringing some sort of vintage energy here. A lot of a lot of people have been saying how good last week's episode was. A lot of people were saying, this is vintage Sly Guy, this is what we want. We want you about to have an aneurysm and I feel I've got the same energy again this week. Oh, just tense too hard, unexpectedly. I think I've pulled muscles in my back there. But yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling pumped on the way to the podcast today. I did something I haven't done in a while. I've been... Um, I guess I've been been sober for a long time in many respects, but on the way to the podcast today, I relapsed and I had a sugary coffee, and all I can say now is I'm buzzing with caffeine and I'm buzzing with sugar. I've been told by Psychic Glenn, Glenn was like, you're Dave, you've got to give up that sugar, and guess what? Fuck him, I'm never giving it up. I'm the sugar guy, I'm the king of sugar. I'm going to get diabetes and I don't care because it means for good content in this podcast and that's all I care about. But the reason I had to take sugar this weekend uh, because I, was, I, I, just, I had to pick up my energy. I'm low at the minute, I'm knackered, I'm beat, I'm tired. I ended up going to London last week to open for Shane at the Leicester Square Theatre and it was a lot of fun. But then before the show, the night before the show, which would be Wednesday night, I was headlining Lavery's Comedy Club, which, by the way, what a night that was. Lavery's Comedy Club is back. It's brilliant. And kudos to that. It was a fucking great fun night. But I ended up not getting home quite late. I ended up getting home after midnight, which whenever you're an old dad guy, that's that's a late time. Ben, you're a dad. You've got, and that means you've got children, correct? You don't like to be up after 12 p.m., do you, under any circumstances? No. And what time roughly do you get up in the morning at? Uh, pretty much 7 o'clock every morning. 7 o'clock. What about, what about 10 to 4? How would you feel about getting up at 10 to 4? I wouldn't be very keen. Yeah, well, I had my alarm set for a quarter past 4, and my stupid daughter had the piss at 10 to 4. I woke me up, and I was like, I can't go back to sleep. 10 to 4 to get up at quarter past 4? I'll fuck my whole sleep cycle up. So I just stayed up. So that was, what, less than four hours sleep I got. Then I had to go to the airport to get this flight. For this show, we were in London all day, just doing, like, tourist stuff, like shopping, eating fries out of cardboard boxes. Hey, London, bring back plates. That's all I'm saying. I don't care that you wear hats and trousers that are too small for you. Bring back plates. I don't care that you've got one earring that's across, like George Michael wore in 1998, and also you've got a nose ring like a bull. Hey, bring back plates. That's all I'm going to say. It was a tiring day. Then the show came. A lot of fun audience um, in London that night were on fire. They were keen to see some comedy. They welcomed myself as we opener, who no one really knew to see. Like, I was very much like, I guess you, Shane was like, I suppose, like, like OK Magazine. 
you know, you you go, you want to buy the OK magazine. You're like, oh, this is OK magazine. I want to see what's in OK magazine. But then when you buy it, you're like, oh shit, I got a wee copy of Heat for free. Oh, Heat's actually, um, Heat's actually maybe a little bit more enjoyable. <laughs> but hey, what a surprise. They got Heat magazine and I brought the Heat that night and it was a lot of fun. I, I did bring the Heat both in terms of I enjoyed doing stand-up and I was warm. You know, I sweated a lot. It was a hot night. And then once the gig finished, we just went back to our hotel room to, to just get, go to bed and get a flight the next morning. <laughs> Spoof. Went in the pints. <laughs> Straight out after. And as you know, I've been sober for a long time. I don't drink alcohol, but I ended up in the Guinness. Big shout out to my man Barry who came to the show and for whatever reason just wanted to buy me Guinness all night. After that, we had to have like meetings with people. But again, this is what I don't realise. When you have like business meetings in like hip-hop places like London you have to incorporate a little bit of drinking too but see whenever daddy's drunk he says silly things and whenever you're there you're people who are you know influential and could potentially you know give you opportunities in your career not ideal to get the big man 12 pints deep but hey who knows what happens do I have the fear when I woke up the next day yeah did I drink tequila yeah who knows what happens I don't know but one thing I did know I had a flight to get the next day at 7am to come home Eunice, the big stormy bitch, the big blowjob bitch, cancelled it. Flights are all cancelled. So then Shane was like, should we just stay in London another night? And I was like, no, I'm destroyed. I'm destroyed mentally. I'm destroyed physically. I'm destroyed financially. Let me go home and let me just hug my children. And then he was like, oh, we're actually booked on a 3pm flight. Will we get away? Who knows? And I'm like, well, Eunice is supposed to have fucked off by 3, so I'd imagine they'll just delay the flight rather than cancel it. So then we went to to Luton Airport at like 10 in the morning for the flight at 3 but it was delayed and then we just sat in an airport but turns out there was like 45 million people in the departure lounge so nobody could get Wi-Fi nobody could connect to the internet we just sat like it was 1990 in a room full of people reading books and playing hangman which with a massive hangover is not ideal I did maybe somewhere in the region of 12 poos in Luton Airport that day as well. So if there was a big backlog uh, and a blockage of, of planes trying to get out of the airport, there was an even bigger backlog and blockage of shit in the sewage system of Luton Airport because the big man was dropping deuces all day and that's how I spent that day. Then I came home, I got home, I was tired. I was really tired on the way, way home on the plane. I thought, I need to sleep here. I need to go to bed, I need to rest on the plane on the way home. But then for whatever reason, I got home, I saw my family. I rejuvenated again. I returned to the world of the living like Lazarus. And then I ended up buzzing. Whatever these like hormones going inside my body were, I just got spiked. I got a fucking adrenaline spike and ended up awake like two again in the nighttime. And for whatever reason, I got into bed all sleepy. But when I got into bed, I couldn't sleep too well because then I got too warm. Because it's like, hey, there's a storm outside. Inside this house is quite cold. I'll end up putting the t-shirt and a wee pair of tracksuit bottoms on and like special socks, which by the way, I did buy. I bought special socks specifically for wearing in bed when it got really cold. But then it wasn't actually that cold, so then it was too warm. I couldn't say I had to take off the tracksuit bottoms and the shorts. And I was like, now I'm awake. I can't just lie here and toss and turn all night, so I'll watch a movie. Then I flicked on Netflix. New Texas Chainsaw Massacre film made in 2022. What a load of shit. But I watched it all from start to finish. It was gruesome. It was scary wasn't scary, it was gruesome, it was gross, it was stupid, but it was, you know, something to do. And the next thing I know, it's two o'clock, I'm awake, next day rolls in, the kids are up at like six again. And it's just the cycle of me being totally fucked. So coming to the podcast tonight, Ben, inconvenience. 
I'm tired. I don't want to be here. I need to go to bed. But now I have a sugary coffee. I'm going to start the routine again. I'll be up to like four tonight. The kids will be up at six. Eventually, it'll come to the point where I will not sleep anymore. My body will shut down. And guess what, Ben? I'll die. So there you go. That's the way we're working. I'm trying to hydrate at least. You know, I'm trying to do a bit of hydration. Feel a little bit better. And But you know what? Would it do it again? Yeah, because it was a lot of fun. You know, the gig was really good. I'm looking to go out to London and do a headline show myself soonish as well, which for any non-Irish speakers is soon. And hopefully, yeah, that will be in the near future too, which will be a lot of fun. And oddly, I've got a pain in my chest. Hopefully, it's not a heart attack. That feels like wind. That's good. When I pressed there, I was like, oh, that moved a bit and it feels like I could fart. You get wind pain here, don't you, as well as heart attack? Like your lungs are there, aren't they? I'd be so dick, wouldn't it? Imagine I was Tommy Cooper. And there you go. I'm a bit over. I'm a bit over angry. To, yeah, it'd be awkward. But if it dies, just let my family know I love them and I appreciate you guys supporting the podcast and appreciate you getting this far. And hopefully, if I do die, you will look back and go, you know what? This guy deserved more. We should have put him on a pedestal earlier because he's not there anymore. And I know I said pedestal. I meant pedestal, not pedestal. Stupid bastard. But you know what I mean? Appreciate me while I'm here. Go back. If you're new to the podcast, listen to old episodes. Subscribe to the Patreon. Enjoy it. Share. This is a big thing. If you listen to the podcast, share it in your stories. Tweet about it, whatever. Let's get the algorithm moving. Let's get the, Ben, let's get the YouTube views up. Like, seriously. The listens. Brilliant. Overjoyed with the listens again. The YouTube views, not so much. Now, I know it's not exactly an easy sell to just look at my big mug, effectively ranting down a lens every week. But hey something to do watch it while you do a poo or something and if you're in the airport download it save it be like every time I poo I'm going to watch Davey and in that way you'll work over your more regular movements of your bowels and also you'll get a wee laugh there too so yeah Ben celebrate me while I'm here you know enjoy me while I'm still put that as the name of the podcast that if I do pop my clogs you'll be like fuck put, him on a p- put me on a pedestal when I'm here put Davey on a pedestal that's the name of the podcast this week just forget put just Davy on a pedestal that's what we're going to call it um, but yeah I'm hungover I've, this is like day 4 my my horses and tatters my mind's everywhere my body's sore but I'm ready to do the podcast is that a cry for help? who knows can't even put the lid in my bottle anymore but that's where we're at so all in all what I'm really saying is I reckon that I have had potentially you know, it's been a fun week, but potentially the, the worst week. I I beg you to, to tell me someone that's had a more stressful week than me. I doubt it's possible. Are you saying worst week of anyone? Oh, he's just he, of you. He's he, speaking of alive. He's woken up over there. Sorry to disturb you over there. What did, what did you say? You're saying you've had the worst week. Are you saying you mm-hmm. had the worst week ever out of everybody in the world? I mean, no. There are probably people out there, uh, like the old classic, and there's people out there that ha- they're, they're starving. Sh- who cares? It's not my problem. I'm here. I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, it's just what I, I don't think there's anybody, you know, I don't think there's anyone who's had a worse week in the world than me. I think I have had the worst week of all, of all people. I, I would beg to differ. You would? Have you had a worse week than me? No, I, I've had a pretty good week. Rocket Wall, what shit are you talking then? There is a man at the Olympics. Um, right. He has his penis frozen. Excuse me? He was doing cross country skiing and, yeah, penis froze. His his penis. Fr- what do you mean by froze? I think he had to put it like a, a heat pack and everything on it. It was not frostbitten, but it was close. 
like the Black Toes, like you know when like when people that sounds like a band they play in the in, in the black box of all places. But like, is that like when you like you? Ever, I remember watching like the Everest movies and stuff. You know, people in that they they end their toes ended up they got frostbitten, their toes went black, and then hey, fell off. Please tell me this broad's cock didn't fall off, did it? I don't. I don't think it. What? Did. Tell me what his name is. I need to. I need to see what's going on here. Remy. But Rimming, Lind- what? <laughs> Rimming. Lindholm. Remington Home. Spa. Let's see. Google. R- Remington. Remy. Reming. What's he called? Lindholm. Lind. Yeah. Oh, no. It's not the first time it's happened to me either. Pardon? It's not the first time it's happened to me either. I mean, let me find out this story. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, automatically, this makes me feel uncomfortable sitting here. Remy Lindholm, Winter Olympian suffers, I mean, shocking here, unbearably painful frozen penis after a cross-country skiing race. A Finnish athlete said he used a heat pack to try and thaw out his appendage once the race was over, adding the pain was unbearable. It came as the race was cut from 50 kilometres to 30 kilometres. I mean, still not sweet. Like, why do you not just wear a coat? Just get a long coat that covers your pace. Due to high winds, caused temperatures to be minus 32 degrees Celsius, which, to be fair, was, I think, you know, before I lose her own self here, as cold as it was when I walked the dog yesterday, so get over yourself and Remy. Um, let's see. He spent just under an hour and 16 minutes going on the route, which was shortened. The new distance did little to help Lindholm, who needed a heat pack at the end of the race. So, like, he wasn't even, like, my dick's in agony here. Can you heat this baby up? I mean, there's a chat-up line afterwards. Be like, oh, frozen cog, do you want to... Warm this up for me. I mean, don't know why I stuck a tongue out there. Don't warm this up for me. Um, his penis froze in a similar incident in Finland last year. I mean, you know, once, once bitten, twice shy. Remy, put a sock over your, your piece, for goodness sake. Um, organizers were worried about frostbite during Saturday's race. Delena for an hour as well as shortening it. Um, the thin suits and underlayers worn by competitors, as well as plastic covers to their faces and ears, offered little protection. Despite the sacrifice made by Lindholm, he finished in 28th place. I mean, some people just shouldn't be at the Olympics. You know, someone's like, listen, mate, what you can do, you can come to the Olympics, you can go out 50 kilometres in minus temperatures to finish in 28th place. Your penis will get frozen potentially could break off <laughs> where do you finish like say for like first place you go you know there's there's glory in that there's nothing glorious about a frozen cock and fish in 28th place what a fucking loser <laughs> oh no what's funny as well the Russians have this weird new uh, team just the Olympic committee the Russian Olympic committee rather than just being team Russia pretty weird but yeah man see if you're that shit at that sport and you potentially could have your penis fall off. Don't do it. You know, like imagine you got a guy who was like, oh, he was a um, he was a skydiver. Or no, he, he was he he would do like bungee jumping. This guy's like, listen, do bungee jumping, but he's not too great at maths. And you're like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, he do, hasn't quite balanced. He doesn't know whether the 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 the, the, pla- the platform he's jumping off is fifty meters or the rope's fifty meters. But he's like, either one's thirty meters and one's fifty meters. He's like, I hope the rope's thirty meters and the jump's fifty meters. But it could be the other way around. Ah, fuck, sure, I'll give it a rattle anyway. Do you know what I mean? You need to know these things. You need to be good at these things to do these things. This way, Rimhold or whatever he's called, it's like, 
going 30 kilometers wearing essentially pajamas to finish 28th there will not even be people at the finish line waiting on them you know like if you're in the top of it that's great but by 28th place everyone's away home for a cup of tea and a, and a pasty supper loser mate I think you know what's more important you should be more proud of having a penis than you should be about being an Olympian because imagine that you've grandkids and all in fact you probably wouldn't have grandkids if your penis fell off to be fair but if you were like talking to your adopted grandchildren per se and they were like, oh, your granddad was a was an Olympian. And be like, oh, nice, did you get any medals? And he's, nah, it's 28th, my dick fell off, but hey, it was worth it. And you're like, nah, granda, not at all. Like, Eddie the Eagle, you know? And then Remy the Cock, I don't know. But yeah. You know what, Ben? You think he had a worse week than me? I don't think he did. I think he should actually be ashamed of himself for he's such a loser. 28th place. Seriously. I think my week was worse than his because I still feel sore. I'm a bum sore. I don't know whether I've got wind or heart attack. So, do you want that information? Oh, dear. Speaking of which, I need to go home. What are we like on time On time here? Literally about 15 minutes. 15 minutes. You know what, guys? It doesn't matter. <laughs> this can be a short episode this week because, listen, you know, I just don't... I just feel a wee bit sicky bad. So... You know, that's it. Ben, would you, you would you be just, I mean, this is probably putting you on the spot and maybe deemed as relatively offensive, but you would drink a lot, wouldn't you? Like, I mean, a lot. You would drink, like, of a weekend socially. Like, you're not an alcoholic that I know of yet, but you would have a wee drink, like, wouldn't drink you? Regularly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, say regularly, that's like breakfast, lunch. Constant, pretty much. Just nice, non-stop. Um, Don't want to quit, you But know. Do, do you ever, dr- like... What, where, where would you drink like what would be your kind of thing Just, would you have a drink in the house with your wife would you go out and meet meet the boys what would you do mainly just drink at the house but would you ever like drink at the house have a nice time and then the next day wake up and be like oh no I have a hangover yeah and those were always the worst one because you yeah. feel a bit stupid yeah and like what are the what are your go to cures for hangover like see for the minute I need this hangover to go but I've done nothing in the last few days to help my hangover if anything I've contributed to my health getting worse so mine kind of starts the night before your hangover does no my my preparation right okay so I would um, so you like this this is how you know you're like I've been off the game for a while with drinking I just don't really do it I'm intermittent drinker now I did drink on Thursday night and then again on Saturday night so that's that's the only two times I've drank this year but that's within two days so that could be the start of a problem but anyway, so you start in the night. So right, what do you drink first? Let's let people get in into the into the thought process here. It depends. Like that clip of Stone Cold Steve Austin: beer, whiskey, gin, vodka. It just keeps going. Tequila, uh, bourbon, uh, brandy, <laughs> red wine, Sauvignon, Cabernet, <laughs> Budweiser, Modest. <laughs> just keep on going and going and going. Of course, yeah. Um, Unicum. <laughs> That's an old, old reference. Champagne. Well, yeah, sorry. Um, in the house, probably just red wine. Red wine. Is there any type of wine that you like? Any Like, I like a Malbec. Shiraz. Yeah. Malbec's pretty good. Yeah. Whatever's a decent enough price in Tesco's. Nice. So you're you're a wine man that likes a wee deal. If, so would you be, if you were in a, in a supermarket and saw a wee deal, would you be like, oh, can't say no to that? 
if club car points and it's just yeah you, you kind of have you're to. absolutely going you're obliged for it. To it yeah well i was speaking actually i don't know if it was in last week's podcast or a bonus podcast or a guest podcast that i appeared on i do too many podcasts but um about how excited i get for the dine-in for two Marks and Spencer's, like it's a big thing. That was my Valentine shit. Was my dining, my, my dining meal for two, and um, I would be the same if I saw a deal. Like they could be like, you could get a bottle of wine for seven quid, or you could get two bottles of wine for thirteen quid. I go, oh well, that one quid, I'll do it, um, and then end up just keeping them in my in my wine cellar, which goes fancy. It is what it is, but don't drink it. Do you say fancy or ponce? Either way, fancy. Mm. I like the thought he called me a ponce. That would be quite amusing. I'm definitely out of character. But yeah, so you would drink the wine. Red wine doesn't make you feel fine, as the old saying goes. And like, as Neil Diamond and you before he say, it goes to my head. And yeah. any time I drink a red wine, I know the next day it dries my brain out and I look like this when I wake up in the morning. So with that in mind, how do you prep? So... If I was having a proper drink, we no, right. Say you're getting off your dick, <laughs> like you're just getting blitzered. Yeah. Is that even a phrase? I don't know. That is nice. Hammered, blitzered. Right. So you're you're on one. How do you prepare to fight the hangover so the next day? Normally, if we're doing that, we get like a Chinese whatever. That's why we get. Ch- sorry, what? A meal? I take it you mean? A meal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get like a, a sliced chicken supper, half and half, mm. with gravy. And leave that to the side for the moment. Right, okay. Because that just soaks everything So up. what I want to say, that is next level, that you actually just order Chinese solely to try and prevent the hangover. That's impressive. Right, just leave it out in the counter, get it yeah. the next morning, have that and some near FM Plus, and then I eat a headache rub stuff and straight back to bed. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you consume water then? Do you try to hydrate? A lot of water. A lot of water. See, that's always the key to say the hydration's the key. You know, the only thing I was hydrating myself with the other night was, in fact, Guinness. Um, so it wasn't a good move. And then when I got home to the hotel, I was like, I have a bottle of water here. And then, But I'd for, what I'd forgotten was I drank it and the bottle was just there but empty. So the thing is, I would keep a, like a pint of water bedside table. Mm-hmm. And then the kids would come in in the morning and they would go and they would drink it. Yeah. So I would roll over down for a drink and the kids would be in it and drank all my water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you go squeal and beat the shit out of the kids. You know, fucking... <laughs> Bitches, yeah. <laughs> well, you have to decide, do you just deal with it or do you make the effort to go downstairs? Sometimes that's not feasible, though. Like, sometimes you can be that level of hungover that you, your kids could conceivably be killing you by not by drinking your water. And, like, kids, I would I tend to find, don't really need to drink as much water because they're only little. So what they're doing is effectively causing you more trouble because they're more likely to piss themselves, which is your water. So do you then, you know... I was going to say drink that piss because that is technically your water, but obviously you wouldn't do that because that's entirely <laughs> weird and inappropriate. <laughs> but, um, you know, you could take it and put it in like one of those wee, you know, Britfic, is that what they call One of those wee things that like strain the water, put it in the fridge. Uh, probably just put it downstairs, to be honest. And yeah, that's fair. Do you know what I did one day? I remember one of my really, really bad hangovers back when I was a student and I was living, I thought at the time, by myself. Well, I actually was living with somebody, but that particular day, I thought my housemate had gone home for the day, and I was like, when I say hungover, I mean like, I thought I had, I had travelled into the next life. I was not good at all. I felt I was in purgatory. I couldn't, you know, I was had a Fitbit at the stage, and you know how many steps I did in this day, and I still say to Catherine, my wife, when I talk about steps of a day, how many steps I did that particular day. Do you want to guess? Is it in double figures? Yes. Just? Yes. 
I would go for a solid 18. Correct. 18 steps in one day. I did when I was this, this ultimate hangover. Now, similar to yourself, I had made some preparations before. I, like, brought stuff and left it by my bed. Drink. Like I say that. I had been to the shop, I think, whilst I was drunk. And had a bag full of, like, crisps and bottles of water and all sorts just lying beside my bed. But I ended up doing 18 steps just to the toilet and back. Also that particular day, whilst I was lying in my bed, I was listening to music and I was crying because I felt so terribly hungover. And that was when I discovered that my housemate had gone home for the day because he came into my room and was like, are you crying? And I was like, huh? Why? I'm very hungover. Very. My hangover so bad. I was lying in bed, eating cheese Doritos, <laughs> crying. Which, to be fair, if you looked at that from the outside... It's absolutely fucking tragic. So you should be crying. So it's pretty bad. Um, Another cry for help there. Well, that was, but that was my worst hangover. But recently, I, I don't really tend to drink because my children have just no chill. Like they just are. They don't give a shit if you're hungover or not. If you wake up, you know. If they wake up, you wake up. I like see. Whenever I went away to London, I had a really sore eye, and I was trying to figure out why my eye was so sore. And I remember the day before Holly woke me up because I, had, for some reason, had the audacity to sleep in because Catherine was away to work. She came in, jumped into my bed, and when I woke up, she was sitting poking me in the eye. So obviously my eyes were shut. She used to her wee thin, sp- fucking spiky fingers just pressing my eyeball, and she must have probably been doing this for the guts of ten minutes before I woke up. And I was like, ah, eyes really sore, and that's why it's four year old just. Fucking stab me in the eye. Do you get any sympathy when you're hungover? Zero. Zero. You just have to get on. Which is annoying because if my wife's hungover, I am like a butler. You know, I will just go and do whatever she wants. Like I've been known to go to shop and get her like we, you know, hangover kits. Whereas if I'm hungover, it's like you know you've these responsibilities. You made these kids, and I'm like, actually, no, didn't you deceive me to create the kids? But we'll not go there. Um, and I just am expected to deal with it, and I just can't. And that's what's why I don't really drink anymore because I just cannot deal with hangovers. And then when I got back and died all day Friday, and when I woke up again Saturday feeling shit, I ended up going to my friend's house for dinner. And I was like, I'm going to drive because all day I just had a, ha- a headache, a hangover, felt shit. Got to the house. They were like, oh, we're making Spanish food. Would you like some cider? I was like, well, I mean, it would be totally rude not to because you've provided this with me. They're like, there's some sangria as well. And I was just getting that into me. And then Sunday hungover, and now it's Monday. I just still feel shit. So, there we are. My hangover cure back in the day when I was a more regular drinker, I would have tried. I would have always failed, but I would have tried to drink some water before bed. I would have tried to get a couple of abrufins into me. I would have always forgotten. Then the next day, I'd wake up with a hangover. I would have gone to Subway. Subway would have been my hangover food. I'm a guy who likes to eat when he's hungover. I like to feed the hangover rather than like some people like to leave it. You know, I like to feed it, and I like to go to Subway, get a foot long. It's going to make me hungry now. Get a foot long Italian herb and cheese, chicken and bacon ranch, double regular cheese, lettuce, onions, sometimes gherkins, depending on the mood, southwest sauce, bingo. Make that a meal. Mm, Yes, please. Cheese Doritos again, of course, and a bottle of Mountain Dew. Shalom. That's what got me over my hangovers back in the day. And nowadays I just don't get that. 
all I get to deal with my hangovers now is just a four-year-old shouting, Daddy, 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 what's this? Daddy, Daddy, can you do this? Daddy, can you get me this? Daddy. And then a one-year-old just going, "Ah, ah, Daddy, what are you doing? And then a wife just going, nya, 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 and a dog just going, woo, woo, woo. And then just inside my head, just bursting. So that's where I'm at now. And this is why today I took a fucking sugary coffee on the way to the podcast. Because I needed to try and feel alive again. And I didn't. And what are we like for time? Surely I can answer my questions now. It must be more than 15 minutes. Please. About half an hour. Thank God. Guys, listeners' questions. Patrick Quinn. I mean, this question does not sit well with me after that rant. Patrick has said, Will you try the Rocks routine for one week? That would be amazing to see. You know what? Yeah, I'll not do it this week because I think I need, you know, a priest or something to exercise whatever's in me out, which will probably just be more shit. Um, but would I try it? Yeah, I'll give it a rattle. I'll try and make some kind of kind of video out of it at some point, but I'll need to fully find out what the Rocks routine is. I'll have to email them and be like, listen, Dwayne, send me what you eat for a week, how you train for a week, and how you work for a week. Um, and it'll be really awkward because BBC Northern Ireland will be like, Dave, why are you here again trying to work at quarter past five in the morning? I'll be like, listen, The Rock does it, so. If it's good enough for DTRJ, it's good enough for the Notorious DRE. Um, but yeah, I'll maybe try that. That's something fun. That'd be something we could look at doing, wouldn't we? Maybe not necessarily that, but other wee things. You need to teach me how to like edit because I'm so shit at it and still I'll keep trying, but I'm so shit at it. Owen Kelly said, well, last thing you come. Love that. Loving the podcast these days. And once again, big shout out to my buddy, Ambrose McCraner, who, by the way, sounds like some sort of character that we would have made up in Boytown to make like prank phone calls with. Hello, my name's Ambrose McCraner. Um, for getting me addicted. Completely unrelated question, but any of your mate's dads ever try to suck you off before? Um, I mean, that is uh, definitely slightly off off centre. That question, I mean, I don't know if this is coming from a place of uh, a place of personal experience here, Owen. And again, just to you know, tie in Ambrose McCraner, are you trying to say to me here that Ambrose McCraner's dad, Mr. McCraner, tried to lay the lips on your schmeckle? Is that what you're trying to say to me? You're trying to say Mr. McCraner is keen on your pain, so to speak. Let me know if Ambrose McCraner's dad has sucked you off, Owen. I'm here to listen. You know, if Mr. McCraner has done that, I'm here to listen. Again, if Mr. McCraner hasn't, and, you know, it's just a totally, you know, unrelated question, you know, sorry, Mr. McCraner. <laughs> Speaking of, of of sucking off, John Joe, uh, John Joe Shelby, you know what he said? <laughs> the sensei flooded. This is how mad I am. I, I'm, so, I'm so nervous to admit it's him because I've been so terrible the last couple of days. Um... But again, speaking of sucking off, he said, how would you guys compare the quality of London glory holes to the North Down glory holes? Well, I mean, you know, there's nothing more glorious than North Down, but again, you know, there's only so many times you can knock on the same door before you get fed up. London is a very diverse place. It's a very big place, both in terms of um, geography and, you know, what's coming through the keyhole, so to speak. So, yeah, it was definitely a greater experience over there. It's much too wild for me. People are far too free out there. 
Um, we were in a bar and I say bar it was a private members club but we'll not go there and the guy came in fully dressed like Genghis Khan like he had a full big fur coat on a big fur hat on and he looked like you know and you know what I'm going to say it he looked fucking ridiculous like the, that's what fashion's like out there people dress so ridiculous and people are like oh it's normal it's fashion some people have got to step up and just go hey guy you look rare take out London Fashion Week <laughs> that's some fucking shots fired your way from me but yeah glory holes are decent in London definitely are more glory holes out there so maybe you should get yourself out and suck Um, Naomi Mitchell has said we are clearly immune Dave not going to argue with science um, and sent me a link it's probably about again continuing the, the theme of, of sucking off no doubt Um, said still not caught COVID it might be down to how attractive you are scientists say hey Scientists have suggested that the more attractive you are, the stronger your immunity is. Therefore, you're at lower risk of catching COVID. Well, there you have it. I've not a COVID. Ben, have you a COVID? Maybe. Yeah, this guy's a COVID. This fucking elephant man in the corner here is a COVID. This guy, no COVID. Um, a theory's been tested on a bunch of participants. Now, I'm going to say it's not so much a scientific experiment when they refer to those being tested on a bunch of participants. Researchers took photos and blood tests of 79 women and 80 men at a Texas Christian University. You probably went there, Ben, didn't you? Afterwards, 492 other volunteers were asked to rate the facial attractiveness of participants based on the photos that were taken. Um, beauty is now of the beholder, as they say. However, in the opinion of the study, researchers found that good looks transcend times and even cultures. So yeah, I'm not a COVID and I'm essentially a sexy bitch. So, you know, unfortunately all you fucking ugly stinkers out there with COVID. Sorry. But um, you know, I'm just I'm just a handsome, super immune COVID god. Which if anyone wants to call me that, by all means, um please do. And having read that story, Naomi, um, you know, you're at risk, watch out. Um Greg Murray has said, Well, Buster. What do you make of your wee mate Sammy Wilson calling the Ukraine Sinn Féin when talking about the Russia-Ukraine in the chamber? Um, man must be well overdue as ice cream. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see um, that Sammy Wilson referred to Ukraine as Sinn Féin, but I would well believe it. And Sammy's one of these guys who tries to way too much like dad banter. You know, he'll come in and he'll be like, Try to make wee puns as if they were an accident. You're like, oh, Ukraine, Sinn Féin. Oh, hope Russia don't invade Sinn Féin. <laughs> but I'll definitely check that out. Um, and speaking of which, Gary has asked the question, what do you make of the Russian-Ukraine situation? Which, I mean, do you know much about it, Ben, the, the Russian-Ukraine scenario? No? He's not on his head like, nah, I mean... I don't know. I don't know a lot about it, if I'm honest. I just know there's some trouble. I know there's some trouble afoot in Russia. I know Vlad Putin. A lot of people, you know, are putting the blame on him. But, you know, it's hard for me to to really understand what's going on there. I can only, you know, I can only assume it, it's ongoing. I am all right. If if you're asking me to ascertain what what is what is the what's the problem between Russia and Ukraine? I would imagine it's something to do with the collapse of Soviet of the Soviet Union, which started in nineteen ninety one. Um, obviously, 
There was hostility between Russia and the satellite states that broke off from the, the former USSR. So a lot of states in and around the Russian border. That kicked off, you know, obviously Ukraine is on a border with Russia. So there's going to be hostility um, hostility there. You know, obviously since that, during the years following on from that, you know, you have um, in, you know, 2004, Ben, wasn't it? You had some of the other nations around Russia, I think they joined the EU. You know, Russia's not part of the EU, so there's na- there was nations like um, let me see. You had correct me if I'm wrong here with your facts. You had Czech Republic, Estonia, I want to say Poland, um, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, and Slovakia, I think, and then a few years later in 2007, Bulgaria. And Romania joined the EU, which then formed essentially, as I like to call it, a Western Wall blocking Russia from ac- getting access to the Black Sea. Which I mean, obviously, you need that for economic, you know, social activities. I would assume. Then fast forward from two thousand seven, two thousand fourteen. You know, whenever obviously the um, Revolution of Dignity took place, and um, which toppled the former Ukrainian. Um, President um, Viktor Yanukovych, you know, he got toppled by, again, he was, I think he was the president who kind of, you know, he had a wee bit of like diplomacy and it it was a delicate situation. He was balancing, you know, relations with Russia, relations with the EU, relations with NATO. And then when he got toppled by um, the the opposing parties who had a much more pro-EU and NATO stance, he ended up, you know, that they ended up just basically steamrolling towards joining the EU and steamrolling towards you joining NATO, which then made Russia at risk because Ukraine would be the last of those satellite states around the Western border. So then if you think about it, the Western Wall will be totally surrounded by EU allies. And then on the Eastern Wall of Russia, on the other side, you've South Korea, you've Japan, in alliance with America, so Russia are vulnerable. Do you know what I'm saying, Ben? That's what I think the problem is. So they're vulnerable, right? Then, obviously, um, after after that, the revolution took place. There was an amendment to the 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 Ukrainian constitution, and I think I was in 2019, if I, if I'm not mistaken, where basically they made it irreversible that the the Ukraine are going to join the EU. The Ukraine are going to join NATO. It's an irreversible course. You know, there's no way to get away from it. Um, and there you have Russia just want to defend themselves. So, I mean, I don't know an awful lot about it. I don't really know what has been the case in Russia and Ukraine. I can only hope for the sake of the rest of the world that, you know, it's all resolved. And I hope that, you know, Ukraine do the right thing and just say, you know, like they hope they hope they do your exit, you know, hope they do an exit and they just say, fuck the EU, we're just going to stay independent. You know, what do you think about that, Ben? You think that'd be a good idea? I think they should just say, listen, be loyal to Russian, Russian guys, and just you know carry on. I think that's pretty much spot on, to be honest. Yeah, and you know what? I think what what Vladimir Putin will say to the rest of the world is, yeah, I've got some troops on the border, but hey, ultimately, Crimea River. You know, like that. Crimea River, cry, Mia, Crimea, Crimea River. 
it's listen I don't know I don't know anything about politics I just I just see the news like anybody else so yeah I mean I do think that you know things will escalate a little bit hopefully there'll be some resolution I just want to take this opportunity as I know he's listening to the podcast Putin be sensible my friend you know don't do anything stupid you know you don't want to be putting your people at risk you know so you know from Russia with love only respect um Brock Boyd, spelled without a K, so I don't know if your full name is in fact Broccoli, but respect, you've said, how would you describe Rory McIlroy's accent? Well, weird, I would say, it's a strange accent, it definitely used to be very Hollywood, and now it's quite Hollywood with an extra L, he's definitely going down the GMAC route, which, you know, as much as I'm a big fan of GMAC, his voice is uh, pretty weird, you know, it's a pretty strange voice. I think Rory's kind of going down that similar route there, and uh, hopefully, you fucking wise up, stop doing it. Um, let me see. Phil has said, as a fellow gunner, who embarrasses you more, Piers Morgan or AFTV? Arsenal fan TV, of course. Those guys are idiots. Like they make me want to not support Arsenal. These Piers Morgans, a big ham-faced, gluttonous arrogant bastard whereas AFTV fans are like yeah we should be winning the friggin league and doing all this hey Arsenal are nowhere near the league they're, they're weak so I think AFTV should be cancelled fuck that um, Adam Casey has said you're going to Cosmos or another all you can eat international buffet what country are you starting in e.g. Chinese then Indian then Italian or are you mix and mash sort of man no way what sort of sick freak you never mix out. You don't go to Cosmos and you don't mix delicacies. No way. You don't put pecoras with pizza. Nish, nish. You don't go over there and mix your noodles with your scrambled eggs. Why is the bap? You go and you just... You see, some days I would be in an Indian mood and some days I'd be in a Chinese mood. Every day I'm in an Italian mood. I look like the kind of guy I could be in The Sopranos. You know, I look like I could play Big Pussy Son. That's the kind of look that I have. I feel like if I go to Cosmos, I'm always eating Italian. I'm always eating, going back for several dishes of Italian. Some days I'd be, you know, need to be in the mood for an Indian or a Chinese, but definitely an Italian. So I'd never mix it. And always you got to have whatever, like the weird wee desserts I have there. you got to have the wee squirty ice cream and chocolate syrup anyway, for sure. But I mean, is Cosmos still going, do you know? No, I, I've not heard of it for a while. And imagine, oh no, it's just wrecked that sound. Imagine after COVID, you know, all you can eat buffets have taken a bit of a hit. So big shout out, you know, Cosmos, China, China, the rest of the guys. Um, how long have we been talking for there, Ben? Just under 45? Just under 45. Well, you know what? There's, there is one last question. There's a guy, a guy sent me a link. Gareth, you sent me a link here about, let me see what it says, about... You did not ask the question. You've just sent me, would you eat recycled landfilled meat? N- no, obviously not. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, I think this is like guys in like third world countries are like picking, oh no, this is gross, picking meat out of the bin and then cleaning it all off and reusing it. You know what? No, I wouldn't eat that because thankfully I don't have to eat pag pag as it's called. As you see, like we mice and rats just jumping over it. People just take all the meat and wash it off. Nah, I would. I wouldn't eat pag pag. Nah, absolutely not. That's disgusting. But if you can, if that's all you can afford to eat and you need it, you need it to survive. You know, I have nothing but love and respect for you. And um, the last question today has come from Wormball, and he said, "I think sl- the slag guy of the month has to go to this priest straight to hell." For all the kids. Oh no, I don't know if I want to open this link. This could be ominous. Um, 
A Catholic priest has performed thousands of baptisms incorrectly. I mean, hey, that's not the worst thing a Catholic priest has ever done, let's be honest. Um, a pastor of the Catholic Church in Phoenix, Arizona, has resigned after learning he'd incorrectly performed thousands of infant baptisms over more than two decades. The Reverend Andres Aranco, which, by the way, sounds like a comedy character, conducted thousands of baptisms in Phoenix, Brazil, and San Diego. I mean, Mr. Worldwide there. He regularly said, we baptize, instead of the correct, I baptize, according to the Vatican. After learning Father Arango had been baptizing people using the word we, church leaders investigated and found that many baptisms performed over 20 years were all incorrect. So what does that mean to the kids and the parents? Good news is a botched baptism doesn't mean anyone's going to hell, according to the Catholic doctrine. But it is confusing and stressful time for parents and children who now need a baptism redo. I'm sorry. Like, I have a bit of Catholicism in my family because um, I'm a mixed marriage guy. But I think they're being a wee bit anal here. And, I mean, I know there's you're probably going, huh, the Catholic Church has been anal in another way about a lot of things. Yes. But on this occasion, is it that big a deal that they say we baptize you, not I baptize you? You know, it's a slip of the tongue once again. Sure, it's not the worst slip of the tongue that the Catholic Church have had over the years, but get over it. Um, people are like, so the heavy heart, I find myself writing this. I performed invalid bat. No, <laughs> I hope this reads, I have performed invalid baptisms throughout my ministry. And I deeply regret it. No, I could have read this wrong. I could say I've performed invalid baptisms, which I hope, you know, no one in 2022 would use that word in that, that sense. But unfortunately, Arango has had to resign. You know, you know what? We it's a simple mistake. I think what the Catholic Church should do is like any Christian body should do, and just you know offer the hand of forgiveness to Arango. Let him get back there and baptize people. Um, they said that he's not disqualified himself from his vocation as ministry, and he's still a priest in good standing. But he's just not good at baptisms. You know, respect to Arango. If you'd like to see him as a guest on the on the extra weekly Slag Eye podcast, you know, reach out to him on social media, and yeah, hopefully we can get him there. But guys, listen, this episode has been one that you know could be my last ever podcast. You know, this could be the last time I do this podcast, given my, my health issues, but. You know, if all being well, I'll be here again next week. If not, you know, just celebrate me while I'm here, guys. And if you're going to baptize anyone, make sure you get your words right. Enjoy the podcast. See you next week. Bye. I'm the slack guy.